I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Friday, August 2, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So the market got whacked three days in a row. Out of nowhere, all of a sudden, we have a change in character. What we have to do now is we have to assess whether that was it and we go back up, or was that the first leg of a multi-leg down phase of the market, another corrective phase where the swings each and every day become high, wide, large, and deep. All of a sudden, we have a lot of stuff back on the docket. We have the Fed back on the docket. We have China back on the docket. We have Europe back on the docket. Everything all of a sudden is news again. It's not so much no news or bad news is good news. All of a sudden, all news is potentially negative news. We know those phases in the market. It's a change in sentiment. It's a shift in the market. We have to pay attention. There's money to be made. We're going to look at a ton of charts. We're going to look around the horn at all the markets. We're going to do the whole shebang. But before we do, I want to take a little detour right out of the chute. And I want to go over something I found quite interesting. Now, before we do this, realize it's a little unorthodox for me. So don't get the wrong idea. I don't follow this stuff as a general rule. But because of the rhetoric over the last couple of days, I couldn't help but look. And here's the lesson to be learned. And it'll become crystal clear if I'm proven right or wrong. Either way, what the lesson is, you have to do your own homework. Never rely on other people to tell you stuff. Believe nothing until you verify it for yourself. Here's where I'm going with all this. The market started taking off in the southern direction, according to the media and almost everybody I've talked to, based on a Trump tweet yesterday, meaning Thursday. Now, the tweet had to do with the China negotiations, the tariffs, and the whole shebang. Now, we all hear that, and basically, we just buy the story. The market fell away, and it was the Trump tweet, and I'm doing the air quotes. Well, here's the deal. As I'm planning out this video, obviously, I want to discuss some of the things that caused the market to fall away. Was it a resistance area, or was it something else? Was it the news? Was it an excuse? Was it a resistance area? The market just was rejected. That was it. Time was up. And off they went to the southern side. You know how I feel about the news and the media and excuses or reasons why a market does something? I think it's all technically based. And I think the reason, the excuse, the news item is inserted after the fact. Meaning it could be the same item, whether it's a bullish move or a bearish move, they use the same excuse Either way, here's a case in point. I had to see for myself, when exactly was that Trump tweet put out? I don't get his tweets. I'm not really on Twitter per se, but I went to the University of Google. I typed in time of Trump tweet, August 1. That's what I got. I went to the first selection. That's what I got. I've never been here before. I'm just trying to do some homework. So I had to go to see all And I go down and they're time stamped. And I notice that on August 1st, you'll see here in the middle, all those China tweets started to come out around here, 1230 in the afternoon. 
So 12.30 in the afternoon, fair enough. There was a series of them. 12.26, there was about, what, three or four tweets. Okay, fair enough. Then there was some stuff after that, but I'm only looking for stuff before the market fell. So what do I do? I come over to a 10-minute chart. I check out 12.30 in the afternoon on Thursday, August 1, and here we are. The market's climbing, climbing, climbing. 1.30 in the afternoon, it drops. Was it the Trump tweet? Or was the tweet the excuse after the market dropped? I just thought it was interesting. It's debatable. I don't really care one way or the other. I just want to point out one thing. Do your own homework. After seeing that, I don't think it had anything to do with it. I think it was the market. Here's the hourly chart. We talked about it yesterday. The market rallied up to a breakdown area, couldn't get through, and was rejected. It was rejected in a violent way, which is out of the norm, right? It's out of the 80-20 rule. It's certainly not in the 80% of the time. It's in the 20% of the time. But we knew something like this was eventually coming. We knew there was a correction coming. We didn't know when and we didn't know from what price. The market was bullish until it wasn't. We had 295.48, or at least I had 295.48. That was telling me that the market would turn from bullish to bearish. Now, obviously, everybody wants to catch the top. It is what it is. Some traders did. Some traders took the cue when we saw the change in character, a la inside the numbers members, halfway through the day on Thursday, hopped on board, and they're rewarded handsomely. What does that go with? That goes with you don't have to be early to the party. You don't have to be the first participant to the party. You just want to make sure that you're at the party while everybody's having some fun. And by the way, make no mistake about it, there were traders yesterday that shorted the market up at the breakdown candle high, and they took the ride all the way down. I know that to be true because they emailed me, A, some of them before the fact, and B, many of them after the fact. So great job to all of you that did do that. Why did they do that? We talk about it all the time. It's a breakdown candle high. On the first run, what are the odds they're just going to waltz right through that area? And even if they did, and they began to close hourly above that area, that was close to risk. You would have been wrong small and fast. Of course, it's not easy. And just like it normally does, it felt wrong at the time. Remember, we live in opposite land. When it feels wrong, it's generally right. When it feels right, it's generally wrong. What caused the market to stop where it did today on the downside? Well, there's actually a number of things which makes it all the more reason why it was a pretty good support area. Look what you're into here. You're into this pivot low area. The market thought that price was important. It took off from there. It came back down to revisit that area after filling a gap here and also another gap down here. So you filled all the gaps, you came down to a pivot low, and this also happened to be, right out of the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, a garden variety, almost to the penny, picture-perfect retracement. When you translate that over to the S&P E-Mini Futures contract, one of the numbers that we were discussing early this morning that the bulls would have to defend was around... 29.15. The low on the ES was around 29.13 and change. 
all part and parcel to the same reason at the same price zone on both charts. Not easy to buy the market down there, I get it, but there's reasons why it was going there. We're always headed to a destination. Once we get to the destination, the market will generally turn around and go back in the other direction. And I know the question comes right out of the chute, well, how do you know what the final destination is? You don't always know what the final destination is. But what happens is you fill a gap, then you fill another gap, then you get to what is an even important or more important area, which is that pivot low we just discussed. And then that coupled with the fact of knowing it's pretty much a perfect garden variety retracement and the reasons begin to pile up. And in the heat of the moment, when you're looking at a shorter term chart, doesn't matter whether you're looking at a 10, a 5, a 15, you begin to see a bottom begin to emerge. You can see here about 11.30 in the morning or 11 o'clock in the morning, a little bottom begins to emerge. You get a higher low and you see the market begin to try and recover. Looking at a 15-minute chart, you see this candle here ending at 11.15 in the morning. You see it close above the last candle. The market is indicating it's making an attempt to try and carve out some kind of a low. You don't know it at the time. You don't know if it's going to hold at the time. You're watching, but that's why it has to start at the shorter time frames. You see a higher low get put in. The market begins to try and rally. The big swings come out of nowhere. It All of a sudden, the spiders will rally like $2 or a dollar and a half out of nowhere. That's 15 or 20 S&P handles. Large swings in both directions occur when we get into these corrective phases of the market. Volatility expands. Obviously, volatility expanded. Then you come to the hourly chart and you find something interesting. You see what becomes obvious to the naked eye if you've been hanging around this channel for any period of time. What do we like to focus on? The first thing that jumps out at me on the chart. There's two things that jump out at me on this chart. A, at the end of the day, they ran up to test what? The high of the breakdown candle. Have we ever seen that before? It's okay. You can snicker and shake your head all day long. I do it all the time. It happens over and over and over again. I saw it happening. I really, really wanted to take a short trade right there, but I couldn't. It was too late in the day. And yes, they could have absolutely ripped the market in the other direction instead of falling back away and filled the gap. You don't know leading into a Friday at the end of the day weekend, anything goes, you can't play games. That would have been gambling. It would have been the right trade for the right reason at the wrong time. I felt like it would have been a guess and I just left it alone and it is what it is. And of course, as a spectator, you have to just laugh and say how fast they came down had to be because I was not a participant. We've all been there. You think I'm any different? We all experience or have experienced the same emotions, the same stuff that happens in trading on the charts every day. We've all experienced it. It's how we manage it and what we choose to select as valuable information and what we choose to throw away as garbage information. Those things are important. What's the other thing I see on this chart? I still see 
a bear flag pattern. So even at the end of the day, that big run-up, all we have is a bear flag pattern in this huge decline. Now, that being said, you do have a couple of things up above. You do have a gap. They want to fill that gap. You have 295.48. I still think it's important. You're also pretty far extended in a very short period of time from home base. You came into a perfect retracement and bounced off. You filled all the gaps, at least the ones that exist before this pivot. So all that stuff has been completed and the market really is extended a little bit too far already from home base. Who's to say it can't go farther? It can. But all those things put together tell me that we shouldn't be surprised to see the market snap back early next week. The gap above would be filled, and under normal garden variety market conditions, they should have trouble with 295.48. So what does it look like if we are going to have another leg down? So you have this up move here, and then you have the first leg down. Let's just say this was the first leg down. And you have a leg up that kind of rallies back up to around that 295.48, maybe higher, maybe lower. And then they hit it again. I don't know if that takes a day, two, three, or four, but that's idealized to what could happen if, in fact, this was leg one of a multi-leg down phase of the market. You have to keep something in mind. We will continue to see A, expanded volatility, and B, large swings in both directions. A week or two ago, what was four or five points in the S&P is now 15 or 20. What about the weekly chart? What's going on over here? Two things jump out at me. A, it was a reversal week, and that's to say the least. Another thing I notice is A, we didn't come into yet the 20-week moving average, so we're still above all the moving averages. So from a technical perspective, on a weekly basis, the market is still in an uptrend. We need to note that doesn't mean it won't change in a week or two. We just need to realize that's where we are from a longer-term perspective. But the other thing I want to note is where we closed, 292.62. Now, I'm not sure whether this is important or not. It's something I noticed. I just want to bring it to the forefront. We closed below all of these pivot highs like this one and this one. And that's interesting to me, even over here, we closed below all that stuff. They didn't have to, but they did. I'm wondering if that's some kind of a signal or not. It's of note. It is a puzzle piece. It's on the table. By the way, looking at a monthly chart, anybody that's taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader should look at this monthly chart and fully understand why any trader can be short against last month's high. Now, we could be looking at a five-minute chart, an hourly chart, a 120-minute chart. doesn't make any difference. I'm just using the data that's taught in the course and saying, yeah, that looks like one of those. How about Camp IWM? What a rodeo ride this had over the last couple or three days. We were above the trend line by a lot. It was a bullish pattern breaking out as it's designed to do. But what happened? It actually is a failure. So as a failure, the same energy that would have normally been released to the upside is now being or has been released to the downside. No doubt, this was an incredible move any way you look at it. 
Here's a picture of the chart from a weekly basis with that trend line, and you can see how important that trend line has become. It's not my trend line. It's not our trend line. It's the market's trend line that it drew by virtue of price stopping in that general area as that trend line moves lower and lower and lower. It's making lower highs. That's a negative for a market. We talked about the lower highs so many times, and only just a few days ago, the market was extremely bullish, breaking out above the trend line, above all the moving averages, sucking everybody into the bullish side of the market, which is what the market is designed to do. It's designed to trick, trap, fool, and frustrate as many traders and investors as much of the time as possible. We're collectors of the VIX below 12. 12 to 20 in a week or so, and then they back off from 20. That's normal for the VIX. It's absolutely a wild ride in the VIX. This is definitely one of those vehicles where you have to play it back and forth. You have to ride it both ways. Not that you have to ride it, meaning trade it back and forth, but you have to take profit along the way, and when it pulls back, you can add back a part of a position. But when they hand you these huge spikes, you have to take profit off the table. I know many of you did. Good job. How about the weekly chart of the VIX? So we closed above all the moving averages. Is that bullish? Well, it's certainly not bearish. So can there be more upside for the VIX? There can be. Again, if we get some kind of a spike in the market back to fill the gap above or retest that area we discussed in the spider, that's one thing and the VIX will likely pull back. But what this weekly chart is telling us is it certainly could be making a shift for higher prices later. That would mean lower stock prices, obviously. An expansion of volatility is what we're in the middle of. The transportation department wasn't all that bad for the transports today, down a half a percent. Basically got stopped at its 50-day moving average. But we're below the trend line. We don't need this trend line anymore, but you can see it on a weekly basis. That is a weekly close. I think that's a bad close. We'll see. That looks like a reversal to me. We're going to take that off. But that, again, is another, or at least potentially at this stage, it is another lower high. High, lower high, lower high. That's not good. Lower highs, market will tend to sell off from the lower high. Pretty good. The third one is usually the charm. And here, we're already having a pretty severe down move from that third lower high in the transports. Escalator up, elevator down. Just in a few days, we wiped out four or five weeks of upside in the market. By the way, I failed to mention two things on the SPY chart, so I want to roll back. One of them is the volume. For the third day in a row, we have pretty decent volume. You can see a significant pickup in volume above the 90-day average. You can see how the 90-day average was only $64 million. Used to be a lot higher, but as time goes on and the volume remains light, the average comes down. But we had a severe pickup in volume as compared to the 90-day average. But that wasn't the main thing. The main thing was, what happens if we wake up and the market's trading significantly lower on Monday and we don't get that bounce we just talked about, that I just talked about? What is the other side? I can't leave you hanging without telling you what the other side is. The next major area of support, really where there should be support, 
is about 287. It's give or take on either side. It's a big, important area. Intraday can certainly spike down through there, but closing below there on the first run would be unlikely unless the rubber band broke, they opened the trap door, and everybody's sliding into the black hole. How about the cues? Anything different over here? Looks pretty much the same as everything else. We really don't have any different or new information on this chart as it relates to or as compared to the SPY chart. So we'll just move on. How about the financials? Now here's a slightly different story. Huge down day yesterday, but look at the recovery today. Nice tail candle. Looks like we filled the gap. Did we fill a gap? No, we didn't. So what's interesting, and you knew I knew that ahead of time, obviously, but the gap is 27.21. There's two things on this chart. I'm going to show them to you. Look at the low today, 27.23. They come up two pennies short of the gap and take off in the other direction. So they miss the gap and take off. Is that bullish or bearish? We talk about it all the time. You know the answer. It's bullish. Well, it's easy to say bullish now after the fact, but if you take it down to an intraday chart, a shorter time frame, you can see that even as compared to the SPY, this was more bullish earlier on. Here's the spider chart, and you can see the difference. The higher low was much lower in the spider than it was in the XLF. The higher low was higher in the XLF. It's just something of note. It's things I watch during the day for clues as to what's going on, how to read the market, how to interpret the different behaviors on the different charts, and whether or not we can use that information to our advantage. What was the other thing I saw on this chart? Remember the 2747 number, how important that was? It was really obvious on the weekly chart. Here's 2747, the high of the breakdown candle. We were watching it, we broke out, we failed, we did it again. And here we are again. So what happened on the weekly chart is they came into the 20-week moving average and bounced off of it, but again, had an opportunity to stay below that 27.47. Here's the deal with that. I don't know whether that's as important now as it was before. We've been back and forth through it a few times now, so I can't put as much weight as we did before on that number what we're going to do with the XLF on the weekly chart is simply use the moving averages as our guide for now above the moving averages and it's okay from a long-term perspective below the moving averages and things change and below the moving averages you're obviously below the 2747 anyway I'm more comfortable from a longer-term perspective using the moving averages on the weekly XLF chart should we read anything into the XLF daily chart with that tail candle closing back above the 50 period moving average? The fact that it was really flat on the day when everything else was down. Should we read anything into that? We can read a little into that that maybe we'll see some follow through to the upside early next week. And that goes together with what we said earlier. Other than that, in the bear camp, there was a lot of damage done yesterday with that big down day yesterday. That was a big down candle yesterday. Not so easy to recover from that. That's technical damage. How about the SMH? What's going on over here? Do we have any information from the SMH? Actually, we do. The SMH many times is a good leading indicator of the tech space. So here's what's interesting. The SMH is actually ahead of the major market. What do I mean by that? 
Well, you folks that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader will follow this pretty closely. The spider makes a garden variety retracement. The Q's haven't reached the same garden variety retracement, but the SMH, which is a pretty good indicator of the tech sector, has already surpassed its garden variety and same garden variety retracement. So it's interesting. We have some slight divergences out here. They're of note. They're on the table. Not sure we can do anything with that information right now, but it's information we need. We put it on the table. It's a puzzle piece. We need all the puzzle pieces. Therefore, we need as much information as we can find to be able to put the puzzle together to get the clear picture. How about the bond market? The TLT is on a screaming breakout. Look at this weekly chart. Remember 111.50, So where's this thing going? Where does it have to go before it turns around and goes back in the other direction? Where is the destination? Well, I've really got two, and they're pretty much... 137.50, I think, is a pretty good number. And then if we blow past that, which we could, but it would be a little bit odd, would be 140 and 141, and that's it. Anything beyond that, and it's really getting into no man's land... We will have to pull back pretty soon. We are very, very far extended from home base on all counts. Here's the 10-year treasury note yield, 1.855%. This is the bond market's way of telling the Fed they're lowering interest rates more. Remember, the tail wags the dog. The tail is the market participants. The dog is the Fed. This is also the bond market's way of sniffing out problems. Money doesn't rush into bonds and drive yields lower by accident. We discussed the Fed cutting interest rates while the market was near an all-time high. Why were they doing that? We had conspiracy theory 1.0. We had conspiracy theory 2.0. We'll probably have a 3.0 at some point in time. But we may know the real story before we come up with 3.0. We'll see. It should get exciting. We should continue to see expanded volatility. It is a trader's market. There is money to be made. There are traders making money that are using the three pillars to their advantage. These common sense market analysis videos, the lazy e-mini trader course, and inside the numbers every single day. You put all those three things together and it's a pretty good recipe for success. I know it's working for a lot of you. I appreciate all of you. I'm going to pull the ripcord here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.